Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. This is the third episode of Reformed in Texan, and we have been going over uh, the five solas, the five Latin phrases that were at the heart of the Protestant Reformation last time we did sola scriptura, and today we're going to be discussing sola fide. Before we get started, I have to me to my left, uh, my good friend and mentor, Pastor Carl Miller. Carl, how are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Howdy, everybody. Good to have you with <laughs> us. And uh, let's get going with this discussion. It's going to yes. be great. Yes, it is going to be great. Now, today I wanted to start us off by taking us to um, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, to uh, chapter 2 here, um, because uh, I think that Paul has uh, something to say uh, very salient to uh, this topic of sola fide, which is Latin for uh, by faith alone, and of course referring, referring to salvation by uh, faith alone. So if you turn here to uh, Ephesians 2, um, and it's going to be starting here in verse 8, Paul says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. So as we think about this, and this verse um, has a lot to do not just with sola fide, but also sola gratia, which we'll be mm -hmm. talking about next week, which is by grace alone. But he, he talks over here about uh, being saved uh, through faith. And so the, the Protestant reformers were very key to, to say that we are saved by faith alone. Carl, what did they, what did they mean by uh, being saved by faith alone? Sure. Well, this whole discussion about sola fide and really the call of sola fide uh, takes us back once again to the Protestant Reformation. And um, the necessity of uh, that call was really, again, in light of what the Roman Catholic Church was doing at the time and what they were teaching falsely um, regarding how one can be saved. And so the Roman Catholic Church, for example, was teaching that salvation was by faith and, and you could fill in many things into that blank. Um, so for example, faith and works, uh, faith and praying to the saints, uh, faith and paying indulgences, uh, faith and baptism, faith and making your pilgrimages, etc. So there were all sorts of things that they were adding on to faith in order to be saved. Um, and so, but it was really a bankrupt system. There was no assurance of salvation. And, you know, maybe you could get bailed out at the end, they thought, maybe not. And so, um, really what happened with the reformers um, and Luther and others was that uh, the Lord, again, opened his and others' eyes to, to see the truth in the pages of Scripture, in particular in Romans 1, <laughs> where... Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul says, the just shall live by faith. Um, you know, that really struck Luther and the Spirit really worked in his heart. And with, he did a lot of churning and, and uh, wrestling with that whole thing. And in fact, if you don't mind, I'll share a quote from Luther. Yes. Um, and, and just kind of sheds light to that struggle from his own words. He says this, quote, I greatly longed to understand Paul's epistle to the Romans. And nothing stood in the way but that one expression, the justice of God. Because I took it to mean that justice whereby God is just and deals justly in punishing the unjust. My situation was that 
Although an impeccable monk, I stood before God as a sinner troubled in conscience, and I had no confidence that my merit would assuage him. Therefore I did not love a just and angry God, but rather hated and murmured against him. Yet I clung to dear Paul and had great yearning to know what he meant. Night and day I pondered until I saw the connection between the justice of God and the statement that the just shall live by his faith. Then I grasped that the justice of God is that righteousness by which through faith and sheer mercy God justifies us through faith. Thereupon I felt myself to be reborn and to have gone through open doors into paradise. Mm -hmm. The whole scripture took on a new meaning, and whereas before the justice of God had filled me with hate, now it became to me an inexpressibly sweet and greater love. So I think that's a pretty uh, telling but yet awesome uh, quote and testimony of the struggle and the journey of Martin Luther, mm -hmm. um, but really where the Lord opened his eyes to the errors of Rome and mm -hmm. uh, to the truths of his word and salvation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the, uh, the, the picture that we get when we, when we look at his life, right? He was the, the monk who, uh, who was coming back to his confessor over and over and over again. And we see so clearly in that quote that he stood before God a sinner and he realized this, even if he was uh, this dutiful monk who had sworn off uh, all the pleasures of this world to live in poverty and to just pursue a life of holiness. He even knew even then he was not meeting that standard. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so and we, I think it's just such a beautiful thing that he he finally realizes this through, through trying to be uh, to be worthy of salvation, to be worthy of the gates of heaven. Um, he realizes this, that he's not going to make it. Right, and that he right. go, finally goes back to Paul and sees, no one's gonna make it. Right, so, um, right. And uh, and and thank God for Christ because He has paid in full uh, what uh, what is required to reach the pearly gates. Yeah, amen. So, um, which is such a comfort for us. And so, uh, but of course there is that uh, that concern. I think Romans, the book of Romans, really uh, pays attention uh, to that concern of. Uh, of the notion that there is works, there's works somehow in place. Works is something that the scriptures talk about. Uh, the scriptures do not say go out and live like heathens, just uh, fulfilling all the pleasures of uh, or the desires that you want to seek after. Um, uh, but at the same time, uh, none of the works, none of the pursuing uh, the opposite of that, none of the uh, striving against sin and striving towards good works, none of that's going to actually save you. So Paul has to uh, kind of go make it back and forth all throughout the book of Romans, right? And he says, by faith you are saved. And then he says, but does this mean you should stop doing good works? By no means, right? right. He has to right. constantly affirm this. So this is actually what uh, what Rome's concern was. After, after Luther has said it is by faith alone that you are saved, mm -hmm. uh, you cannot make it through your own works. Uh, Rome says, well, if you you say that Luther if you say that people can be assured they're going to go to heaven just because they trust in Christ's work uh, and not trust in any of their merit they're not going to do anything good right. uh, so how do we as as reformed folk uh, as, as good Protestants respond to this charge that uh, our people are just going to go live lives like like heathens if we tell them all they have to do is trust in Christ and they're good yeah well we I think we take them back to like our opening text Ephesians 2 um, where we're taught that, you know, we're saved by grace through faith, 
But um, as you go on in those verses in the, mm-hmm. in the following context of Ephesians 8 and 9, right? Um, look at Ephesians 2.10. Uh, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So from the very beginning, I mean, we're told that as part of salvation and God giving us this gift of faith, um, we're also called to live obedient and faithful lives before him. Mm-hmm. So um, we would say, and also taking them maybe not just to Ephesians 2, but also to James 2, mm-hmm. right? Where James teaches us that faith without works is dead, right? So if you, mm-hmm. if you have a true faith, it's going to be evident by lively works, um, mm-hmm. by works of obedience and um, in seeking to follow God's law. Um, in seeking to follow all that Christ has commanded us, even what God has commanded us through uh, the apostles um, and the writings of their various epistles and the commands that he gives us. So um, really it's about living uh, faithful new lives as new creations in Christ. Um, But it doesn't mean, like Rome would say, that um, we can just do whatever we want. Um, It's, no, we're, we're to follow our King, our Lord, our master, the head of the church, and uh, live godly lives. Right, and it's out of a, uh, um, a gratefulness uh, for the salvation that we have already received, and that's something yeah. that uh, uh, needs to be emphasized a lot, right? We are not striving after good works for any reward in salvation that right. we would receive from it, because that has already been paid in full. Um, but uh, we strive toward it out of a gratefulness to a God who has given this so freely to us. Um, and so uh, there is a, um, a sense in which, and, and the, the scriptures also speak of it this way too, that, that a faith uh, that we have mm-hmm. um, will produce fruit, right? right. It will produce um, good works as the fruit of it, right? Uh, faith, as the confession uh, alludes to, uh, we are saved by faith alone, but that faith does not come alone, right? right? right. Um, and so, so the, the fear uh, in the Roman Catholic Church uh, should be put to rest in the, in the notion that uh, we, we still do strive after good works. We do strive to, to run away from sin and to do that which God has commanded us because we are following the God who has already saved us, and he has given us a faith uh, that will produce good works for the glory of his own name. That's right. um, and, and actually what this does is it takes us away from uh, us striving after works to bring glory to our name, right. right? Maybe jumping ahead a little bit to the last phrase, right? Sola Dea Gloria, that right. all glory right. goes to God. Right. Um, uh, because in, in a Roman system, uh, you have to, uh, you, you're striving after this for your own gain mm-hmm. and you bring glory to yourself. So when you reach those pearly gates, you can say, well, at least in some part, Lord, Mm-hmm. This is mine because I worked for it. I did something mm-hmm. uh, to gain it. And so yeah. we're, we're actually, uh, we are, we're putting a, a better uh, purpose for the works that we do in front of us because the purpose is for God's glory, not for our own. That's right. So, That's um, right. yes, and, and I think you, and, and you kind of brought us into, into the next question with your last your scripture verse, of course, because this is what, what Rome likes to point to a lot to mm-hmm. to uh, negate the the doctrine of sola fide, right? They point to um, to James because James is in his letter. Um, his tone is a little bit different than 
than Paul's is, uh, even than, than Peter and John in their epistles. He, he talks a lot about works, and he talks mm-hmm. a lot about what ought the church to be doing, what ought Christians to be doing in this walk uh, that they are now in. Um, and there is even a verse that seems to directly say that Abraham was saved by his works, mm-hmm. um, right? Um, how are we? How can we we deal with that, right? Last time we talked about sola scriptura. We we believe uh, the scriptures to be the holy, infallible, and errant word of God. Yep. And here it just says that that someone was saved by works. How do we how do we square this with our notion that no one is saved by works? Right. All right, so yeah, kind of tying in the, the Sola Scriptura discussion into this, I mean, the, you know, the big question comes up, was so is the Bible contradicting? Um, is James contradicting Paul, like you said? And the clear answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the clear message throughout the Scriptures, throughout the writers, throughout the apostles, is that justification is by faith alone. Um, and so... How do we then, when we come to this passage in James um, that you referenced, Caleb, how do we handle that? I think really what James is saying is this, is that if, if a person says that he has faith, but he gives no outward evidence of that faith through uh, works, through the evidence of works or the fruit of works, mm-hmm. then his faith will not justify him. In other words, his faith is showing itself to not be a genuine faith. Right. Right, and I think that that's really what, what James is teaching us. Faith has to be genuine before the merit of Christ will be imputed to him. And you can't just say that you have faith. I mean, people could run around and just say, oh, sure, I believe, I believe, I believe, but they don't really believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in part evident in how they live and what they do and what they, what they say, right, what they claim. And so truth, faith will um, absolutely yield the fruit of obedience. Um, and so that's what James is pointing back to or, or pointing to, but that's the same pointing and focal point that Paul is also pointing to mm-hmm. as well. So the two really are um, in agreement with each other um, and in harmony with what they're saying and the ways they're saying it. Right, and I think that they both they provide uh, a, a different tone to look at the same truth, right? Yeah, the same yeah. substance of the truth is still there in both of them, uh, but uh, especially... I think in, in the modern uh, Protestant or evangelical church, uh, it's good that, that we have James there for us, right? There yeah. is that temptation uh, to, to believe that I've said the sinner's prayer and I'm, I've done my due diligence and that's good, right? I'm still partying on Saturday nights and God right. will forgive me because I, I just prayed the sinner's prayer and it's good. I'm going to be there in the pew on Sunday morning. We don't have to, have yeah. to worry anymore. But yeah. that's not what, what James is saying, right? James is saying if, yeah. if that's, prayer that you prayed, if that was really evidence of true faith that was in you, right. then you would be desiring not to go out and, and do these sinful things, right? You would right. desire uh, to, to obey your Lord. Yes, are you going to fall? Yes, that is clear throughout the New Testament that even, mm-hmm. even Paul was stumbling. Um, but, uh, but we have a new desire, right? Our, our heart of stone has been exchanged for our heart of flesh. Right. And um, so... There is, there is fruit that comes out of that. So I think it is uh, uh, important uh, in, in any discussion of, of faith and, and the role of faith uh, that, we, that we do look at James and we do look at Paul, but realize uh, in agreement what are they, what are they yeah. really saying to us. Yeah, I mean, even in the modern day, something akin to that and something that 
Rome uh, definitely taught um, to its followers and to anybody that would listen. And it's, it's true in some other uh, denominations in our modern day today as well, in which they'll just kind of say, well, I identify with my denomination. Um, I'm Lutheran or I'm Methodist or I'm whatever. Um, that should say enough. I, I, I'm okay because of, of uh, the denomination that I'm associated with and therefore um, leave me alone. I, I, don't need to, I don't need any discussion or we don't need to talk about um, you know, obedience before the Lord or, or uh, you know, my accountability before God according to his word. Um, uh, I'm good, you know, based on, on whom I'm associated with. And many, of course, you know, with Rome would do the same. Um, so, you know, that's a sad thing, too. Um, it's almost, you know, uh, salvation by association or mm-hmm. even by, by baptism or, right. or by their works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It kind of, uh, yeah, gives us a, a false sense of security, unfortunately. Right. You're not, but that's at the time, in the same token, uh, you're really saying that you're saved by faith in the Catholic Church or faith right. in your baptism or faith in, right? You're just trusting in something which you're not trusting in in Christ right. at that point anymore. So, right. mm-hmm. um, but as we maybe transitioning here into uh, uh, a little bit related to that, um, is it really true then? Because there is still some in, in the uh, Protestant community um, who really want to, to uh, grab on to what our good works accomplish, what our good works do. Is it really true then that our good works count for nothing in regards to our salvation? Because um, there's even uh, there's a few names that are coming to mind that maybe think that there's something, uh, there's got to be something there. Sure, it's not what Rome says, but there's got to be something there. How would we mm-hmm. kind of respond to uh, the fact that no, it really is 100% Christ paid in full, you are justified totally right. by his work, and your good works are in response to that, and that's it. Right. So back to the scriptures we go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and really, the, the, one of the big ones that sticks out to me is that our righteousness is like filthy rags, mm-hmm. right? Um, in and of ourselves, we have nothing to bring. Nothing in... My hands do I bring, only to your cross I cling, mm-hmm. right? Um, Christ did it all um, from start to finish. And um, he lived the perfect and righteous life um, for us that we could not live. And, um, and so it, it is not anything to do with our works um, that will gain us any favor with God or status with God. It is the work and the merit and the mediation of his son, of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that um, accomplishes our salvation, has accomplished our salvation, and, and makes us right with God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The simple answer is, um, is it true that none of our works can merit anything? Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, to help people, and maybe you're watching this and, um, you've wrestled with that question or maybe you still have that question on your mind and this kind of brings up some thoughts or discussions that you've had recently or in the past and so maybe these types of things will be helpful for you and what we're sharing and kind of going through um, but um, yep, yeah, it's nothing about us um, our 
our works are simply the fruit of, of obedience um, because of our lively faith that, that God has given us. And uh, so therefore, um, it is nothing about us or them that merits salvation. Right. And again, a helpful way to think about this, and we'll talk about this later down the line when we talk more about um, covenants, is that mm -hmm. there is, and there, or there was, <clears throat> still, still exists, of course, the covenant of works that God mm -hmm. made with Adam and Eve in the garden. And they were to merit uh, uh, by the works, by perfect and exact obedience to God. Um, they were to uh, obey him when he said, do not eat of the, the tree in the garden. Um, and yet they failed that. And uh, whenever we talk about us now believing by faith and, and, and gaining salvation uh, through fully trusting in Christ, it is because all of the works to satisfy the covenant of works were done by Christ himself. Mm -hmm. Christ is the new and better Adam. He was the one that did perfectly and entirely and to the exact letter of the law obey everything that God had commanded. That's right. And so we, because we cannot, um, we cannot earn all salvation anymore by doing good works because just by being born, we are tainted with the sin of our father Adam. We have no hope in that, but that covenant still had to be fulfilled, and Christ did so to the utmost. Yeah. And so we, it is not that works go away, it's that someone else does them for us. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Which brings us to, uh, to another more modern notion. I, I say modern, of course, it's been around for, for quite some time. Um, but uh, instead of kind of how I just formulated that with, with the covenants there and, and Christ obeying all of the works um, himself, uh, there is kind of this notion that after Christ has come and after he has died and has risen again, that now um, we don't have to do all of these things that are listed in the law, but we do have to do one thing, and we do have to bring one thing to the table, and that is, that is faith, and they'll, they'll call it faith. That is something that we bring to the table, and it essentially boils down to God had the bar way up here, and he lowered it down, it's right here. And we can make it now, because all we have to do is bring our faith. So, how would, is that, is that true? Is that what we're saying? Is that we bring this one little thing, and Christ made it all the way down to just us believing? Is that what we're saying? No. So, <laughs> no, so what we, what we need to understand is a broader picture, right? Under, undergirding all of this. Um, <clears throat> In our sinful nature in Adam, um, we are dead in trespasses and sins, right? So um, apart from Christ, every man and every woman who is apart from Christ is dead in trespasses and sins. There is no life, zero. The word for being dead is corpse-like. Um, mm -hmm. There is nothing good in us um, that can somehow... Uh, attain or stir up faith within us um, in order to pursue Christ. In fact, um, back in Romans, Paul said again in Romans chapter 3, in describing the depravity of man apart from Christ, he said, there's none who are good. No, not one. None who seeks after God. Um, you know, we've got poisons of asps under our lips and we're, we're just fully and um, completely defiled and corrupt. And I know as some of you may be watching and hearing this, you may be like, eh, maybe a little too far. I don't know. That's, there's got to be something in there, right? I mean, I, 
I got to be able to have some esteem about this, right? Well, no. I mean, this is the reality that God teaches us is that we um, were completely defiled by sin. Mm-hmm. Adam's sin corrupted everything in, uh, in man, and there is nothing good in us. Um, it's all defiled. It's all, um, it's all dead. And so therefore, um, being the fact that we couldn't bring anything to the table um, regarding faith um, for salvation or anything, it's not, faith doesn't come from within, within us, and if it doesn't come within us, it must come uh, from someone else. And mm-hmm. that is very true. Back to Ephesians chapter 2, is that faith is a gift from God. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he gives us that faith. Um, you know, after he regenerates our hearts, he gives us that faith in order that we would believe. And, um, and so it's not another work of ours because it had nothing to do with us. We were dead. It was Christ who has made us alive. Mm-hmm. And he has given us uh, faith uh, to believe as his people. And so that's where it came from. And that's um, uh, what we stand on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we are to believe, uh, or if we, if we say that what we, we bring to the table is merely our belief, uh, unfortunately, what that leads to is we still have some skin in the game, and it goes against what the scriptures teach about our, our total depra- depraved state, as you've stated, right? Right. If I can say that, um, that I saw, this really comes back to, to reason at this point, right? Mm-hmm. If I saw all the evidence and I made the right conclusion that it is Christ who is uh, the one true and living God, um, then it's, I, can say, I can say to my, uh, to my friend who didn't make the correct conclusion, hey, look at me. I saw all the evidence. I made the right conclusion. Look at how I'm saved now, right? I've, I being the superior intellect, I being the person mm-hmm. who has uh, been able to see all the, or connect all the dots together, uh, I made it, and you need to, you need to do what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of us being coming humbly before Christ uh, every day as we ought to and say, right. Lord, I couldn't have seen it. I yeah. couldn't have, I, yeah. I was lost in sin. It was glaringly obvious, yeah. and yet I was, I was blinding myself to it. That's right. Um, and uh, this is what makes uh, grace amazing, right? That's when, right. When we sing Amen. amazing grace, uh, it is a grace to a sinner who is dead in his sin. Yeah. Um, and that is uh, a really beautiful thing. And it's, it's hard to, to sing about an amazing grace, right? Grace literally coming from the Greek word to mean a free gift. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not so amazing if I, was, if I did something to earn it. If I did something to earn it, it's like wages at a job. I, yeah. I went in, I punched in, I did the hours, and I get my paycheck. That's not a gift. Right. It's not. Right. Uh, I, I earned that. Um, and so... Uh, yes, we are very, um, very careful to say this faith is is merely pointing out the fact that we are trusting fully in Christ for our salvation. That we did nothing to earn it. That's right. Um, and so uh, that is why it is so so important, right, to our faith. Right, and and in the in that picture too, it, it, that brings the uh, the sweetness of amazing grace to our mind, but it also brings. It should expand our our love and our affection for the God who has given us those things, mm-hmm. right? And given us that faith. 
um, because um, he is so incredible and amazing and gracious and merciful and kind um, to his people. And even in, um, you know, saying that he would do such thing, such a thing to redeem us, mm -hmm. uh, those who were completely undeserving. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? Mm -hmm. the, um, so it is amazing grace. Uh, we also serve and worship an amazing God. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, praise God. That's Amen. great. Well, to kind of bring this all back into uh, what we were talking about last week with the scriptures, yeah. this is... Um, this is not something that is, is new to the New Testament. This is, right, but there are some that might, might think so, and, and I can see why they might be tempted to think so, right? If, you, yeah. if we go back to uh, Mount Sinai and the Israelite people who are, who are trembling at this mighty God who is about to send uh, the law down um, with Moses in the form of the two tablets um, yeah. for, for them to live by, um, one might be tempted to think that the God, that at least at that time, God's plan of salvation had to do with them following this law. Um, is that, is that true? No, salvation has been by faith, um, throughout time, right? So it was always in, by faith in the, uh, for the Old Testament saints, um, in the Messiah that was to come. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the saints in um, our day and age, or those that were after the cross, it was faith in the Messiah who did come, Jesus Christ. Um, and so salvation has always been by faith. Um, the law has definitely served, served its purpose in times of old, as well as in our time today, to, uh, to show us our sin, to, mm -hmm. to curb evil and wickedness and to point us to Christ right, right? Um, and to then guide us as to how we should live faithfully before him right. and so that you know the law is very important but we're not saved by the law we're saved by faith in mm -hmm. Christ and so for example Genesis 15 6 um, and speaking about Abram and his faith, mm -hmm. right? It said that Abram believed God and God accounted it to him as righteousness, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and also we see in, in the New Testament, a um, great chapter um, really devoted to making a lot of these connections regarding faith. And even the Old Testament saints is Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't read it before, I'd encourage you to read it. It'll be encouraging to you. Um, and uh, maybe enlightening to you, eye-opening. So um, anyhow, but yeah, salvation has always been by faith. Right, and that's a very, uh, even in that, that picture that I painted for us just a second ago on Mount Sinai, uh, in Exodus 20, the very chapter in which we get the Ten Commandments that the children of Israel are to live by, um, he doesn't, the first verse is not, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Right. That's verse 2. Verse 1 is, I am the Lord thy God who has brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. That's right. And so even there, we get this picture that us following the law comes after um, God saving us, yeah. right? The Israelite people were to 
do something, was we to use a, a, a grammatical term, <laughs> there was an imperative for them, but that imperative didn't come until there was already an indicative, which is just mm-hmm. a statement of fact. The Lord has saved them. And so um, for those that, that look at the Old Testament and they see all this law and they think, well, back then it must have been so hard. They just had to live by this law and that's how they were saved. No, the scriptures don't point, they don't paint that picture for us at all. They uh, instead are pointing forward to a Christ that they were to trust in by painting them a picture time and again of God saving them and then he requiring of them to walk in a new life, right? Walk in newness of life. Um, and so uh, there is, there is a, a cohesion about the, the, the scriptures uh, that uh, sometimes we are, are keen to forget yeah. um, and that we uh, and I think uh, as you as you pointed out in Hebrews 11 uh, seeing the, the 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 hall of faith as they call it right yeah. this hall of fame of all of these uh, heroes of the faith of old and these are all mostly all Old Testament saints that's right and that's right. Uh, and so it is important that uh, uh, we remember that um, so but uh, as we as we kind of start to wrap things up here, um, how is this uh, to bring it back to modern day America, twenty twenty one? How is this? And maybe it's maybe it's obvious to you listening at home. But how is this a comfort to us that that we live by faith alone? How is that a comfort to the modern Christian? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's a comfort in many ways. Um, some of which are that um, it's a comfort to us, and that. Um, we have been saved by a marvelous God and a wonderful Savior who has given us this faith to believe in him, has given us his word to obey and to follow him, to learn more about him and to learn more about ourselves, frankly, and the details of what he commands of us and calls us to. And so it's a great comfort that he has given us these gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't just saved us and left us on our own. He hasn't just saved us and um, done nothing else. Um, And and it's not just what um, Christ has done that is of great comfort and that we truly are saved. If you have genuine faith and you are trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ for your full salvation, you are his child. Mm -hmm. And that's of great comfort in that he has saved you from hell. He has Mm -hmm. saved you from your sins. Um, you are no longer under condemnation, for there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No. That's of great comfort. And that he is also a God who is at work now. Mm-hmm. Um, he is at work now. He is at work in you by his spirit. He has given you promises in his word. You are, uh, you are an heir of those promises and will be a recipient of the inheritance mm-hmm. um, and even that which is to come. Um, even uh, eternity with him in heaven and in glory forever. I mean, those are all great and wonderful comforts, I think, that are all tied, uh, you know, in a, in a large part back to sola fide and back to um, really knowing and grasping what it means that we are saved and justified by faith alone. And uh, even as we'll talk about later, faith alone in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. that's another sola for the future. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. those are a great comfort. What do you think? Yes, I think it is. I think it's uh, 
it's even though it is our gut response to want to do something to earn uh, our living, to earn mm-hmm. our salvation or anything of that nature, um, it's actually uh, discomforting when we, like Luther, might start to consider our very sinfulness and the, the depravity of our own nature and just mm-hmm. our inability to get there. And so it is such a comfort um, to understand that, uh, yes, we can never make it, but we will make it because we're not the ones that are going to actually have to yeah. put in that effort. I mean, we, yeah. we strive after good works now because it's already done. Yeah. It's a done deal. And um, that is such a, a, a comfort to be sure of the salvation that we have. Um, yeah. And so um, as, as, uh, as we wrap up, going back to Luther too, I mean, he has a great uh, quote uh, where he talks about that he said, sola fide, justification by faith alone is the hinge upon which uh, the church uh, stands or falls. Yeah. This really is uh, at the core of our understanding. When we talk about uh, the gospel, this is this is it right yeah. here. It is yeah. that we do nothing and Christ does everything. Yeah. And it is a, a beautiful, beautiful picture. Amen. Um, so next week we will be talking about something very similar and uh, is uh, sola gratia, uh, that this is uh, something that God has done fully. This is by grace you have been saved. It is a gift of God. Um, so... Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, be ready for that next week. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, uh, it was good seeing everyone today. Thank you so much for watching. Um, and uh, y'all have a blessed week. Yep. God bless you.